0: Hello. Welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. I know it seems like we talk about leaves of absence all the time, but I feel like I need to give you guys a bit of guidance. So here's the deal. When we are managing leaves of absence, there are some tools that you should be using to help you. Obviously, everyone who listens to the podcast has a different situation, right? You may have enough employees to have to comply with the Family and Medical Leave Act, right? You need 50. Maybe you only have 10, so you have to comply with only the California Family Rights Act. You may be wondering what pregnancy disability leave is about. Well, of course, doesn't matter how many employees you have. There are so many leave laws out there, literally like over 2000 reasons why employees cannot show up at work. If you take everything together, the labor code, all sorts of other provisions, You're looking at about 2,000 reasons why somebody could decide not to show up to work or why they need a leave of absence. So, my focus here this morning is to just help you with the very big picture, the 30,000 foot level of what do you need to get this done? How can you manage leaves of absence effectively? All right. So, Number one thing you've got to do is assign someone internally to handle this job. Now, they may have many other hats to wear. I get that. But someone needs to be responsible for which leaves overlap, which ones run concurrently, which ones don't run concurrently, whether they get benefits, whether they meet the eligibility requirements. You need at least a someone. You may need a team, depending on how many people you have in your workplace. But it is critical that somebody own this. I don't care if you have five employees and you barely have to comply with the California Family Rights Act and many of the labor code provisions won't apply to you. You do have to comply with pregnancy disability leave, okay? But many other things won't matter. You still need a person to own it so that you know what letters are going out, what communications are being sent, what your policies say. All of those things are critical. So, having somebody responsible internally is critical. Okay. Second thing you need to do is make sure your policies are compliant with the law and that you follow them. Okay. Compliance is tough. I mean, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the California paid sick leave changes for 2024. They require you to update your policies. You have to regularly update these leave of absence policies. Remember also, folks, there are two different things going on here when we talk about leaves of absence. The first is the entitlement to the leave. Does the employee have the right to take time off? Okay, okay. That could come under your policy, under the FMLA, under the CFRA, under Pregnancy Disability Leave. What is their entitlement, all right? The second question is, how is it going to be paid, right? Can they use their own accrued leave? Can you make them use their accrued leave? Are they eligible for wage replacement benefits like state disability insurance, paid family leave, or NDI if you're a state agency? non-industrial disability do they get workers comp benefits so you're always going to be thinking about first what is their entitlement and second of all how will it be paid if at all that is critical because if you combine those concepts you will think that just because somebody has leave on the books they are entitled to take the time off my former father-in-law was retiring from sack county And he wanted to take every Friday off and every Monday off because he had like 9,000 hours of sick leave, okay? He didn't think he was doing anything wrong. He just started calling off on Fridays and Mondays and saying, I'm going to use sick time. Well, just because you have it on the books doesn't mean you get to use it. So, of course, someone called him on the carpet and said, you can't do that. And he called me and said, Well, am I in trouble? Did I do something wrong? I mean, I have this time on the books and I am tired and I am worn out. That's why I'm getting, you know, why I'm going to retire. So can't I use this time? No, just because you have it on the books doesn't mean you get to use it at your leisure, right? So it's really important to keep those two concepts separate. Do they have an entitlement to leave? Do they have an entitlement to be paid for the leave? How are they going to make it paid, if at all? So when we talk about your policies, your policies have to address those issues, and then you have to make sure that people follow your policies. Now, that is not always easy, okay, because you get supervisors and managers involved in these discussions. You have people who aren't quite sure what they should be doing, and, well, gosh, Jennifer's my least favorite employee, so I'm going to say no to her. But I'm going to say yes to Elena, who is my most favorite employee. So we'll talk about consistency in a minute, but you need everybody in the organization to follow policies. And by the way, if you're not going to follow them, don't implement them. Let me give you an example. If you're going to require that everybody who takes three days of leave or more, all right, which you're allowed to do under the law, is going to be evaluated for California Family Rights Act and or FMLA leave then you have to do that every time. If you don't want to be sending out a notice every time to those employees who miss three days, right, on their fourth day, then don't put in your policy that you're going to do that. If you're not going to require return to work notes, don't say you're going to require return to work notes. Okay, your policies should reflect your actual practices and, of course, the applicable legal requirements. All right, be consistent. Yes, you've got to be consistent. The thing about leaves of absence, though, is that the situations are all one-offs. They're all different. So you're never going to get an employee or two employees with the same doctor's note and the same condition and the same request for leave and everything just exactly the same. I mean, the chances of that are very small. So although consistency is important, I don't want you to take from that that what you are Doing is just doing the same thing in each situation. You can't do that. That's going to cause you a problem. You have to look at this case by case when you're dealing with leaves of absence. And you're going to be consistent with your policies. You're going to be consistent with your past practices. Now, can you change your practices going forward? Of course, absolutely. You want to change your practices going forward? You can absolutely do that. No problem. You announce that you're changing them going forward. I'll give you an example. We have a number of clients who have been told by their workers' compensation carriers incorrectly, I might add, that they cannot deny a claimant a leave of absence. So if somebody has a pending workers' comp claim, the employer has to give them the leave of absence no matter what for as long as they want. That is not true. So I get clients who've had folks on leave for five years because they have an open workers comp claim and the workers compensation carrier has told them, well, you just have to give them what they want. By the way, I understand that. I understand why the workers comp carrier would do that because they're thinking of workers comp law and they're saying, okay, well, until they're permanent and stationary, we don't really want to change what we're doing for them. I agree. I get that. But that's not an employment law issue. The employment law issue is, do they have an entitlement to leave? Well, they don't have an entitlement to indefinite leave. They don't have an entitlement to leave just because they want it. There has to be a medical opinion or documentation that says that that's what is needed for that employee. So somebody who has a workers' comp claim may not even need a leave. But we're nervous about pushing back on that. And I understand. So reevaluate that, right? When we talk about consistency, make sure you understand what the law actually requires and what your actual obligations are, because many times you're going to be surprised at what you don't have to do. All right. The next thing I want to talk to you about are resources, okay? Every conference I go to, there is a company trying to sell leave management software. And I have to tell you, not a single one of them complies with California law that I have found so far. They say they do. And then when I probe and I ask questions and I look a little deeper, they get cheapish and they disappear. They stop calling me. They stop trying to sell me their product for our clients because they know it doesn't fit the bill. California law is very difficult to maneuver when it comes to leaves of absence. And you really need um, a team that understands California's sort of intricacies and idiosyncrasies to be able to have this done correctly. And a lot of these large companies are not Located in California. They're not focused on California law. And even when they tell you they are, they're little things that they don't get right. So I want you to remember that phrase caveat emptor, buyer beware. You have to be really careful when you're selecting vendors for these kinds of services. I'm not saying there isn't a leave management company out there that does it right. I just haven't met them yet. So If you've got somebody you think is really good, shoot me an email because I'd love to check them out. You need to pick a company that's going to do it right. And it's very difficult to have an outside third party handle things like the interactive process when an employee may need time off as a reasonable accommodation. Maybe they haven't worked for you long enough to have an entitlement to other leave Or maybe they've exhausted that leave and they're still not able to come back to work. Whatever it may be, you're in a situation where you're going to be engaging in the interactive process with that employee. And if you're going to be doing that, you want to be doing that with someone internally. The letters they write won't make sense necessarily from a third party. Or you're going to have to give them templates and really limit the back and forth. So I have clients who do it with varying levels of success, but none of them are an A product. right? None of these companies can actually do what you can do internally. I know you're too busy, but here's the bottom line. These companies are not free. They charge a fortune. So when you think of what you can do internally with another person who can help you with leaves, Often that is a more fiscally sound decision, okay? So the first resource is internally, right? Who are you going to assign to do the job and how are you going to get them the information they need? Um, We do a three-day workshop. We have one for beginners and one for more experienced leave folks every year. We have our first one coming up in March. And we do three solid days of hypotheticals and rules and Q&A and FAQs and everything else to try to get people ready internally to handle these issues. It is such a great investment when you consider how much these leave management companies cost, not only to provide the service, but when they screw it up, for which you will not be indemnified. Right? They won't be responsible for their screw-ups. They have in their agreement that... They're going to be indemnified. You're going to let them off the hook for that. Any leave management company I've ever looked at, that's what they have in their agreement and their contract. So it's worth it to invest in someone internally who can get this done. Okay, it really is. It's worth it. So make sure that you are finding the appropriate training, the appropriate resources, the appropriate packets. I mean, we give our clients... Leave of absence packets every year that have been updated so they know what it is they're doing and how everything works and what forms they should be handing out. So there are a lot of resources that you can find. We, of course, are not the only law firm that provides these services. Most law firms do. So find the resources you need internally and externally And don't close your eyes and plug your ears and hope it goes away. Leave management is always going to be an issue for us to deal with. So it's not the kind of thing that you're going to be able to just sort of leave it alone and hope that it solves itself. It's likely not going to do that. So we have to think about how are we going to set it up in our organization To ensure that we've got the right policies, we've got the right procedures, we're being consistent, we're using our resources. It takes time, it takes energy. And if your life is anything like mine, you get up at ridiculous hours in the morning, you go to bed at ridiculous hours in the evening, and you don't know where the whole day went. You can't believe that it's over and you didn't get more done. So, These are things for you to think about, for you to consider, but you've got to find a way to manage leaves. Now that the California Family Rights Act applies when you only have five employees, if you've got five or more employees, you have got to get your leave house in order. So do what you need to do to prioritize that for this year. It will be a huge relief to you when everything is all fixed up and all your I's are dotted and all your T's are crossed. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. It is such fun to have you on this uh, podcast. I just wish I could see all of you. I miss our old days of the Wake Up Wednesdays where we did those live webinars during COVID. But I'm so happy to do this with you. I hope you find the podcast helpful. Remember, if you ever have ideas or comments or suggestions or even negative feedback, please feel free to email me at jshaw at Thank you so much for your time today, everyone. Have a wonderful day. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.